real fake fact. There has been no cheating on either side of the election <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> but completely all on the up and up. It's completely legit. <laughs> Screw oh. it. Let the courts decide. Dude, I've been having people message me all day. Like, I woke up oh, yeah. to messages about it. And they're like, oh, my God, are you so excited? I was like, no, both options sucked this time. Fuck off. Even third party options were pretty crazy yeah. this time. It's like oh, I was dude, talking third about third party was garbage. I was like third party options even sucked this year. I still voted third party because yeah. I mean, it's like I explained in the chat. I'm hoping one day America will realize we have more than two options. Yeah. But everybody's shitting their pants in happiness. Oh my god, blah blah blah. I'm just like, yeah, y'all need to I shut the fuck it. up. Facts from the Geek Out Heroes. Real fake fact. The character Odd Job from 007 actually led to overpopulation around the world. The reason why is because countries realized that they should start preparing for future wars because that's what children will be used for because they have smaller hitboxes. <laughs> <laughs> this is why multiplayer in Call of Duty is filled with kids. <laughs> Yeah, I could see it. So the next Call of Duty, I'm assuming, is going to just upgrade their multiplayer to just be children playing. Uh, you play as, as child soldiers instead. See, I heard uh, one theory online is since this one's set during the Cold War, what's going to happen is it's going to be uh, 15 hours sitting behind a desk. Yeah. Somebody's going to hurriedly run in, yell at you that you need to turn the key. <laughs> and then as you go to turn the key into the arm position, yeah. they'll come in and tell you not to. Yeah. Makes and then sense. it's going to be another 15 hours of sitting behind the desk. Next <laughs> to the uh, do I do it? Do, do we both turn? No, no, do it now. No, no the no. Russians, the Russians are backing <laughs> off. Okay. Then we'll, we'll take the keys out. And then you just rinse and repeat that for yeah. another 15 hours. In 2011, theorizing that one could make an entertaining podcast the Geek Out Heroes stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. When they woke, they found themselves trapped in your present, facing political correctness and social justice warriors who were determined to kill humor and joy. Now the GOH are driven by an unknown force to laugh in the face of stupidity and make jokes anyway. Their only guide on this journey is Steve, a listener from their own time, who seems to be just as deranged as they are. And so the Geek Out heroes find themselves leaping from topic to topic, trying to set right what once went wrong, and hoping each time, their next cast will be better than the last.
Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. All right. So, listeners, if you are stressed out about what's been going on in the United States and uh, freaking out about the election, um, calm down. It's going to be okay. Our, our nation's been through a lot in just over 200 years, and uh, we'll be able to get through this, and we'll be able to get through more, and I think it's going to be okay. I think we're going to be fine uh, if everybody just kind of calms down a little bit. So uh, if we can't make you calm, we can't help you. So you should stop listening to us because we are not going to be helpful ever. Nope. Because I'm just going to stress you out about more shit in the gaming industry. You're going to hate things and hate life and hate everything. You're going to go full on just like, uh, what's that? What's that comedian's name? Always points his finger down. Just, they just don't get it. Oh, uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Is it Louis or Louis? Something, maybe. I might be wrong. Oh, Louis Black? Louis Black. Yeah. Yeah. That guy drives me nuts. Can't stand him as a comedian. Drives really? Me, drives me fucking crazy. Because everything, everything for him is just like he just kind of goes fucking crazy and points his fingers in the air and, and waves them. Like if you turned off the audio, it looks like he's an angry like swing dancer. That makes just sense. Putting his fingers out there. I don't ever watch his uh, comedy specials. I yeah. just listen to the audio. It's a lot better. He actually that's tells, probably that's probably better. Yeah, he actually tells really really funny stories. Okay, because I could see the if you did watch the specials, watching him kind of freak. Yeah, out. Yeah, it's it's the thing that he like the the physical emotion that he does drives me crazy. Yeah. So maybe I should just start listening instead. Yeah, because I love Lewis okay. Black. His his uh, comedy sets are always really good, but I can't watch the guy. That's fair. Yeah. Basically the same reason you just said. But yeah. So it's like oh, I'll just I'll have to find some audio and just listen to that. Then. Yeah. Um. So, listeners, this uh, podcast obviously it's just going to be Josiah and I. The uh, you know Anderson's celebrating being a uh, you know husband and a father, and uh, I don't know why that's taking him two weeks, but you know I'm not in that boat, so I don't know. Maybe Steve can tell us. Steve, was it a two week celebration or not? Were, were you super happy when you when you got married, or were you just glad it was over with and you can't play this audio for Amanda because I don't want her killing me? <laughs> right now like she's like fucking hate vargo <laughs> so um anyways and miles has no internet miles has no internet miles has had no internet for like a week and a half now yeah. it's going on it's going gonna be going on two weeks in the about middle of next week i think yeah. and After- if he doesn't have internet by the time the ps5 comes in i am gonna lose my shit i'm gonna laugh so hard after hearing that he's he's had to do uh, console updates through tethering with his phone, yeah, I I owe you a beer next time you're here, <laughs> like two or three. That's we're rough. going we're going to dog we're going to doghouse and uh, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get you boozed up and get you some hot dogs. I mean, I've had to tether to uh, do an update before, but it was a game update. I can't yeah. imagine trying to do like a a console update of any kind. I tried to upload the podcast one time with my phone. I was fucking garbage. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> um, so listeners, this past uh, was it last? Was it last week or the week before? We we missed a uh, a week because of uh, Halloween. You know, Halloween. I think that was last week. So, uh, sorry, all my my timings off for when uh, the Radeon uh, presentation was. The Radeon presentation was from from when we're recording this, listeners. We're recording this on a Saturday, so uh, it was last week. 
middle of last week, I believe, right? October 28th, I think, is when they did it. Sounds about right. I think it was a Thursday. AMD showed off the Radeon uh, line, Sorry. the uh, the 6800, and it looks it's looking good. I mean, it it sounds like it's going to be pretty good. There's some benchmarks being posted. Uh, they are showing off that it is indeed a competitor, and if it is indeed the competitor they're showing off to be, it's about fucking time. AMD, we have been waiting for you to wake the fuck up for over a decade, and if this is if this turns out to be what we what we're hoping for, then thank you for finally showing up to the party. <laughs> Man, we've missed you. I mean, this last decade has taught me, you know, don't ever get really excited for anything, mm-hmm. but I'm starting to come out of the cautious optimism to actual yeah, hype. optimism. Yeah, hype for it. Yeah. So we're hoping we're hoping for good things. Uh, there's some, been some good signs coming out of it. They're talking about the fact that uh, the new Radeon cards and ray tracing. It's not really designed for being able to work with the things that are actually de- that were actually originally developed and pioneered by NVIDIA. But that's to be expected considering NVIDIA is very much proprietary on shit. So not not surprising that AMD wouldn't run it very well. Excuse me, is it burp? Um, but. The thing that's also not surprising is that AMD is making sure that it runs on direct X ray tracing, which would be Microsoft made. And that makes total sense since AMD is providing the GPU for the Xbox series. And uh, that that's why it would be able to do ray tracing. Obviously, <laughs> it's supposed to be able to do ray tracing because it has to do ray tracing in order to work with Microsoft's new direct X ray tracing technology. So it'll work with that. It'll work with industry standards in ray tracing, which is all good things. Uh, you know, uh, places like, uh, or games like uh, cyberpunk 2077 will be using uh, industry standard ray tracing. It's not going to be using proprietary ones. So it's not going to be something that only Nvidia can do. It's going to be able to do on AMD as well. I mean, that's assuming the game comes out. That's assuming the game comes out because listeners that was delayed as well. Um, <laughs> I still like that uh, that picture I sent you guys. Yeah, the uh, somebody photoshopped over the actual letter that they sent out, and it says, "By the way, our game was never in development. Thanks for all the <laughs> thanks support. for all the support." Yeah, that would just be the biggest kick of the balls. Oh, that um, would be a great, great way to end twenty twenty. Twenty twenty, right there. One last fuck you on the way out. Yep. Um, so that's been delayed till December tw- December tenth. So. Uh, all these graphics cards, I mean, you know, the the funny thing is it's been delayed till December 10th, and uh, I think that works out very conveniently for uh, AMD because they're planning on getting their cards into people's hands by the beginning of December based off the fact that they're going to be selling their cards in uh, November 18th. Now, the downside is that the latest news is Asus has pointed out that they know for a fact that there is a shortage of cards. And whether or not Asus is reporting is reporting this based off just there, they're in solely uh, is one thing. But a lot of people are just saying are trying to make excuses of, oh, AMD didn't lie or AMD did lie. Uh, I think AMD is over us was making tweets to brag on the fact that NVIDIA's launch was so bad. And AMD was just trying to capitalize that on that to make hype for themselves. Smart thing to do. Downside is is that it will bite them in the ass because they're not going to be able to be to to match <clears throat> demand. And there's going to be a huge demand this year, listeners. The reason why there's so much demand in it for GPUs from PC gamers is because a lot of us skipped the RTX 2080s. 
in the 20 series. Why? Because we were waiting to see what AMD did and we were waiting to see what the next generation of RTX cards could do. Because when new technology comes out, if you're an early adopter, typically that new technology, while good and cool, isn't to its highest standards, you could say. It's not perfect. It's not been it's not been perfected quite yet. And even in the next generation, it won't be, but it's, it's still going to be one step further. It's kind of like when CUDA core technology first came out. CUDA cores were a huge step, was blazingly awesome, but it wasn't something that beat Radeon right away. And that was proven for an entire generation. And then the next generation of CUDA cores came out. And suddenly we started seeing this huge improvement. Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing with that is we've all been bitten in the ass from early adopting something Mm -hmm. too many times to immediately rush out to the store and buy something. Absolutely. And for me, a lot of it was anytime I would get something, it's always right before they announce the next step. Yeah. It's kind of like by the time you actually get to the point where you can afford it. Yeah. It's the next the next one's coming out when. um, Well, great. What was it? I think it was when I got my PS4. Mm-hmm. It was two weeks before they announced the Pro. Yeah. And I was like, cool, I just dropped 400 bucks for no reason. I could have just waited another however long. Yeah. So. You just kind of feel, you, you, it feels like you've been burned. Yeah. So I've, <laughs> I've learned to just hang out for a couple months after yeah. they announce something because that's always my luck. I'll go buy it and then they announce the next one. Yeah. Listeners, we're really excited to see what happens with Radeon, especially when it comes to benchmarks. But the thing that I also want to share is we now have benchmarks out for the AMD Ryzen processors. And remember how I said, wait for, you know, don't give into the hype. Wait for the actual news to come out. Make sure it actually is better. And lo and behold, AMD has created a massive winner. Uh, AMD really did step up their game. And when I say step up the game, their game, they're replacing Intel on almost every single level. And that is very impressive. Even their lower, the, even, even their 5600 uh, GPU, which is the 5600X, the 65 watt processor, beats a majority of Intel's processors, especially even in gaming. And that is a huge deal. That is massive. So not only does it beat it on workload, it beats it on, you know, gaming. That's that means that this is the only CPU you should be looking at now is AMD because Intel's got a ways to go before they introduce Rocket Lake. And that's their next step. And whether or not this will actually get Intel to wake the fuck up and say, hey, you guys need to start making improvements again. You need to actually make a processor that's worth a damn and not overcharge for it. AMD's the one that you're going to want to look at. So, uh Personally, based off of everything that I've seen, I would go for if you're just going for a gaming rig listeners, go with the 5600 Dex. That's a fantastic uh, looking CPU. It's just blows the doors off of most of Intel's stuff. It competes. It can compete with the Intel Core i9, and it's not even supposed to be the main competitor (laughs) against it. That says something. So. When it's competing on that level, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, a couple of those articles that you sent me earlier this week, I had to read twice just to make sure I, I was yeah. properly understanding what they said. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. that, And I feel like maybe they've been listening to everybody talk because yeah. I know we're not the only people that wanted them to come back in a big way like they have. So I feel like maybe they've been kind of just, you know, laying low with it. And they're like, all right, well, you know, we're, we're putting some stuff together. Don't worry. Yeah. And then now they're just coming out of the gate and they're like, hey, we're back, by the way. Yeah. Check this out. If you're looking at the Ryzen 7 5800, 
maybe hold off a little bit because the comparisons between the 5800 and the 5900, the 5900 gives you great gains over the 5800, but the 5600 is so good that it can almost almost compete directly with you know AMD's own processor, even in game, especially in gaming. Uh, so you might want to hold off on getting the 5800 and see what AMD does with the pricing. I think AMD is going to realize, oh, this is the uh, this is kind of the one that we need to have more middle ground pricing for because it's not a huge enough improvement over the 5600 and it's not uh, close enough to the 5900 to even justify its cost at this point, its price. So if you're looking at that, if you're looking at the 5800, maybe consider the 5900. Don't don't just trust me. If you want to see a really great uh, breakdown analysis of it, uh, go to Gamers Nexus. He's covered every single CPU so far, and he does it. Uh, you want to do it in chronological order of how he went through it. So he went through the uh, 5950, the 5900, and then he went to the 5600, uh, and then he did the 5800. The reason why he did that was because he wanted to show off that the 5800 is kind of the the weird. Uh, stepping stone that AMD has created and it's not going to be necessarily uh, it's not necessarily needed in order to you know in order to create a a good gaming PC or a good work uh, load PC so if you're looking at that one just pricing wise it's not really it's not really well set with competitively even amongst AMD's own chips so they point out the fact like, you know, you might want to wait and there's a good possibility that they might come out with the regular, the regular non X versions, even though they've only shown off the X versions. I got a feeling AMD is going to try and hit more market prices lower and try and really steal everything away from Intel. So they're probably going to eventually come out with other versions. Uh, I, I, you're pretty much guaranteed a 5,700 uh, because they've had a third, they had the 3,700 as well. They came out much later <clears throat> after the last Ryzen. So, uh, just, you know, if, if you can hold off, hold off for a little bit, maybe save up some money, see what happens with pricing and where AMD goes with things. If you're really an Intel fan, uh, wait until Rocket Lake because Intel has nothing right now to show. And Intel has been stagnant. We've known Intel has been stagnant for years. They've just been kind of happy because they've had no competitor. They, like when I say they've had no competitor listeners for years, Intel had no competitor in a, with AMD and it wasn't until AMD really started rocking it with their Zen processors, the, the Zen technology and stepping up their game and showing, yeah, we actually have something that's a competitor here. You guys need to pay attention to us. And by the time they came out with the Ryzen 3000 series, Intel was like, oh, you guys are actually starting starting to look like you're going to come start competing with us maybe we should start paying attention a little bit more and intel was already looking at coming out with our next generation that literally didn't do anything didn't yeah. go anywhere it was a new generation of cpus that required new sockets that didn't do anything they didn't even have pcie4 capability they, they weren't even compatible with that on on motherboards so a lot of people sat there going wait so you you came up with an entire generation that did nothing that went nowhere. Don't forget the price hike. And there was the price hike, yeah. And the thing is, is all all of the the community saw it and we went, you guys aren't trying anymore. You're literally just not doing anything. And Intel has been kind of this way for the past decade because AMD has been struggling so much to try and catch up. Well, now AMD is surpassing them. So this is where things can get good. This is where we're hoping that AMD doesn't continue to just be so better than Intel that they don't do anything new technology wise, because that's where Intel fell. That's why Intel fell 
That's why Intel hasn't been able to compete with them now. But that's why AMD has been slowly, you know, completely taking ground and taking away Intel's business. Intel used to be the great, you know, the biggest chip manufacturer and CPU manufacturer in the world. And that's going to slow, that's slowly shifting. And after this generation, I think that's going to shift dramatically. So yeah, Intel, you need to step up your fucking game and AMD, don't let this make you stagnant. Make sure that you are constantly pushing yourselves beyond what you, what, what you've done now. You always want to beat out what you did before. That's the thing. That's what has kept NVIDIA about like above Radeon for so long. When NVIDIA stepped so far beyond what Radeon was doing, what, a- what AMD was able to do with their cards. And NVIDIA said, well, we can't sit here and be stagnant. We have to push technology. We have to push things farther. And the only way we can do that is we have to beat ourselves. We have to compare to ourselves every single time. And that's what they've been doing for the past decade. Whereas AMD has been catching up. Catch up, catch up, catch up. That's all they've been doing is trying to catch up with new tech, with you know what their competitors have been able to do. Now with this new set of Radeon cards, it looks like AMD finally went, okay, we really do need to step up our game. We need to get back to what we were doing. And that was one thing that they, they, they constantly emphasized during their presentation was that we wanted to make sure we were competitive again. And we wanted you guys to know that we've been hearing you. Listeners, we've said it on the podcast multiple times of the fact that we wanted Radeon to really come back and be the top dog. And if nothing else, compete. <laughs> Actually compete with the top dog. And they really did step it up. I mean, when they showed off that 6,900 and they were like, yeah, it can compete with the, uh, the third, the 3090 <laughs> and it's a $500 difference. Everybody went, holy shit. Like, and their whole thing was that, that it's just competing it with it gaming wise. They don't even care about the workload wise. If you're looking for workload, 16 gigs versus 24 gigs, you're going to go with the 24 gigs because if you're an animator or anything like that, doing anything in video, you're going to want that extra memory from the video card. So yeah, you're going to go RTX, but their big thing was since RTX, since the RTX 3090 consistently over and over again, did not talk about being a workload card, did not talk about being the card for video editing for, uh, you know, rendering and stuff like that. Animators. It was the card for 8k gaming. That was their whole thing. Gaming, gaming, gaming every fucking time. And AMD caught on to that and went, Oh, they think that people who are gamers are going to buy this card. <laughs> well, our card is made for gaming and it's designed for 4k, which is where everybody's at right now. We don't really care about 8k in reality because 8k, 8k listeners is kind of an unobtainable thing for displays right now. That's just stupid. I honestly, come on. We've already we we just got to 4K not too long ago and we finally are able to actually hit 4K with our GPUs, our new GPUs and our new consoles that are coming out. So can we just be happy with 4K for a little while before we immediately start going to 8K with Nvidia? I mean, that just sounds stupid. That just sounds like a dumb idea. AMD sat there and said, "Oh yeah, our card is designed to be able to compete with this card or this card directly in in 4K gaming." And has 16 gigs of memory, which, yeah, is less. But most games, you know, there is not one game that goes over eight, eight gigs right now. So keep that in mind, listeners. That means you have eight gigs more of memory to, to work with on that card. And it's $500 cheaper. <laughs> it's $500 cheaper. And it's able to directly compete. It can be, it, it, it's a card that can beat out the, supposedly can beat out the 3080. And it's designed to compete with the 3090. $500 less than the 3090. 
That's a big deal. So AMD, I got to say, like, I don't know how, I don't know how the, the number is going to be. So listeners, do keep in mind, stay a little bit quell in the expectations. We're going to find out what the actual benchmarks are going to be when the card comes out. But that is a huge deal. That is a way, you know, way to go AMD, way to step up your game. We're glad you're back in the fashion of competing with your competition. And the cool thing was, is that during their presentation, the only time they mentioned their competition was when they showed off their benchmarks. Yeah. They didn't talk about how we're doing this over our competition. We're doing that. They just said, it's designed to directly compete with our competition. That's it. We've heard you guys complain about the fact that we haven't been able to do this for so long. And we're doing that. We're listening to you. We tried to, and we figured it out. And not only that, they figured it out. And supposedly at 300 watts, rather than the, 300 to 440 watt range that the RTX cards are in because the RTX cards have these ridiculously weird power spikes. And if AMD, if the Radeon cards come out and they actually can consistently hit that 300 watts and not go over all the time and have these weird spikes like the RTX cards, that's going to make a big difference for those gamers out there that don't want to upgrade their PSUs beyond a 300, you know, beyond a 600 watt uh, power supply or those who have 500 watt power supplies. Yeah, I'd like to know what kind of dark magic was used to, uh, you know, get that all stabilized. Right, when she was up on stage, she's talking about their engineers trying to figure that out. I'm like, <laughs> I couldn't imagine being that meeting. Like, how the fuck are we supposed to squeeze more power out of this thing and stay at 300 watts? And she's like, and they did it. And then she turned around and like, and they did it again. I'm like, the fuck is going on? Weirdly, the uh, the thing going through my head what is... What D&D magic is this? Yeah, because every time somebody pulls numbers like that out of their ass, I immediately assume it's some kind of sorcery. Yeah. So I can just imagine, you know, their, their engineers walking down the hall and then somebody pokes their head out of a doorway and, you know, there's, you know, fires in the background yeah. and they're, hey, can you get us some more goats for the blood sacrifice to get yeah. this done? Because, you know... We need more. <laughs> yeah. And in the past, listeners, for GPUs, this is the thing that's crazy. In the past for GPUs, it's never really matter whether or not you run it on an Intel or an AMD. It's not going to run, you know, if you have an if you had a Radeon, Radeon card, it wasn't going to run better on an AMD. In fact, it would most likely run better on an Intel because Intel still held the gaming, you know, side of things. But that's changing. And the reason that's changing is AMD saw a thing or saw the opportunity of, hey, what if we made sure that our cards and our, G our CPUs ran together and ran together better than they did with our competition? Not not create and, and not creating a wall or a uh, like a debuff or, you know, trying to gimp the card just because it's on their competition's cards. No, it's. What if we had technology involved in our CPU and our GPUs that allowed them to say, oh, you're an AMD, I'm an AMD. Well, we have technology together that runs things smoother than with our competition because this allows us to work together better. Well, this was so this was they a, went that route. This was the part that really made me wonder, you know, like who they sacrificed to what deity at some point to get yeah. this to work because you're. You still get your baseline uh, power out of it. Yeah. No matter what you put it on, but you pair it with another AMD product. And then all of a sudden, what was it? They said you're getting like 10%. Yeah. You get this, uh, what they call the rate. You have a rage mode, which is uh, a lot of people have been saying, oh, it's not an overclock mode. It's an over. It's a type of overclock mode. Listeners, it's still an overclock. Uh, it's just 
an overclock in the sense of it's opening up it's opening up uh different uh lanes for how memory works and how bandwidth works because the two cards or the 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 CPU and the GPU the two chips are able to talk together differently now rather than the traditional way that it would be where they have to talk to each other the way that everything works since they're the same since they're from the same manufacturer they now have this technology available to both of them to say oh well we can open up new lanes i can open up i can open up the memory even farther i can do this with the memory because you can run it more efficiently and i can run it more efficiently whereas our competition doesn't really have this technology and while i can run my memory efficiently i can't run it quite as efficiently as i could with you so it's not gimping the competition because the competition doesn't have that tech do you see what i'm saying listeners because the competition doesn't use that technology it's not gimping the technology. The technology just isn't available to it. So it can't use it. So it'll use the traditional ways of doing it. And it still makes it a very efficient card and still makes it a very efficient, you know, use of uh, of its resources. I mean, it's got the uh, the infinity cache, which is pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool sounding. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, when you but when you pair it together with, you know, same product, same, you know, same manufacturer, same manufacturer, not really manufacturer, I should say uh, same uh, technology with the same technology, suddenly they go, oh, well, yeah, now we're faster. Now we're better. So this is one of the few times we've seen this happen in technology, and it's going to be hugely beneficial because it's immediately going to go make people go, well, I want an AMD CPU, and now I want an AMD GPU because I want to pair them together. I want to see how this runs. We'll see how the benchmark come out, but it sounds really cool. See, like some of the benchmarks that they've shown off showing the difference in boost They'll show you like uh, if you listeners, if you go online and you see the uh, graphs and you see the ones that show the uh, frames per second. And you'll have a gray bar, a dark gray bar and then a red bar and then this slight little lightish like light gray bar that goes above the red, the red bar. That light gray is showing you what the boost you get uh, uh, out of their technology by pairing it with a Ryzen processor. And it looks like a significant boost on uh, across the board with nearly every single game. And in some cases, that boost brings their product up to be able to compete beyond what their competition can do just normally. Benchmarks should be coming out after uh, no, or November 18th, whenever the cards ship out after that, because that's when they go on sale. So I'm looking forward to seeing what those are like, because I know Gamers Nexus is going to go massively in depth with those. They will probably do Radeon builds and uh, or sorry, AMD builds and Intel builds. To show you the difference in how the and how the uh, games Cinebench and all those things react to these different cards in these different scenarios, and they'll tell you their best recommendations on how to like how to get the most out of these things. So, anyways, if you are really pissed off with Nvidia like I was, and you are looking to get a card, the Radeon cards should be hitting. They'll probably be out of stock more than likely within a day. I guarantee you bots are going to you know, be ridiculous just as they were with NVIDIA. I have no doubt that AMD is going to have similar problems. And a lot of people are already calling in a paper launch. Um, and it's sad. It's sad that when you're like, you have one, you have one manufacturing issues of being able to reach supply. And two, you have bots. The manufacturing issues I can understand that's hard to get around. The bots though, man, AMD, if you guys aren't on top of that stuff and aren't aren't stopping the bots, you are going to have just as much of a shit show as Nvidia did and 
people will not let you forget about it. Because NVIDIA is never going to be like, that's the funniest thing is listeners. I really quick, I got to bring up this one thing before we move on to, uh, cause I know we've gone on long, but uh, before we move on to this, uh, to our next stuff, EVGA and NVIDIA, NVIDIA quickly removed their tweet because they were smart, but EVGA posted a tweet saying that, Hey, if you buy an RTX 3090 or 3080, you get a free copy of call of duty cold war to go with it. Well, that's great. They got roasted for this, listeners, and deservingly so, because you can't buy those cards anywhere. You can't get them anywhere. You have to wait for them to come in stock. And EVGA is using a digital queue. Now, EVGA is doing a great job with their digital queue, but the downside is, is they are not able to meet demand because they are still going. They're still, to this day, going through their day one, day one auto notifications. I, I, I have an auto notify at, uh, September or as of September 23rd (laughs) and they're still going through their day one. That should tell you something. (laughs) They cannot meet demand and they're making, and this is an example of when you're, when your PR department either is, uh, absent from the meeting, didn't pay attention or is completely tone deaf is when you make an advertisement like that, telling people, oh, you can get this free copy of this game with this card. Well, that's great. None of us can get the fucking card. Do you have any in stock? No. Best reply from that whole thing was the guy was like, so if I buy the game, are you going to send me the card? (laughs) You're like, I like this reasoning. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that would, that would definitely get me to go buy it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, it's just, asinine like how how can you be that tone deaf i i don't know like dude there the amount of replies of people just pissed off at that at that tweet was hysterical and listeners i get it like we've we've said it ourselves like twitter 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 (laughs) tweaker that's what it should be called twitter is a garbage site i mean it is the worst place to really get public opinion because in in all reality it's made up of a fraction of your audience, a fraction of your customer base. And they're very loud and they're very loud and annoying. And they're very annoying. And most of them are so fucking illogical. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't convince them that you can make a paper airplane from folding paper. They just sit there and tell you that's not their truth and move on. (laughs) So I mean, I've been saying, am am I wrong? I mean, like, I realize there are probably a lot of listeners out there that I'm turning away because I said that shit, but come on. I mean, like, seriously, like when you ignore facts and evidence, you know, facts and facts plus evidence equals truth. That's literally how the world works. Facts plus evidence equals truth. But when you're talking to people and you're sitting there spewing off facts and evidence and they sit there and they say, that's not, that's not my truth. What the fuck does that mean? your truth like you're telling me that because it's your opinion and it's your narrative that equals fact like that makes no sense i mean it's like i said four or five years ago and i still maintain this to this day twitter is where intelligence and logic goes to die like not to get political or political or anything but when we when, you know at the end of this election is it biden and trump gonna sit there and say well this is my truth God, are one, of, are one of them going to sit there and say, well, this is my truth. Well, this is my truth. And that's what's going to we're going to go into civil war over two assholes that can't figure out like the fact that uh, we just should just we should just use accounting system. Can we not give them ideas? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, just it's it's freaking nuts. And listeners, I'm not discount like if I don't care what your your political background is, I'm not discounting what your uh, belief is as to you know whether or not there's fraud or anything going on going on with the election system. Got news for you: fraud has happened in our election system probably every single time we've had an election. I it's that's just probably the way things have been for the past two hundred years, and you just don't know about it until you know now. <laughs> uh, if you don't believe me, I mean, you can go all the way back to the sixties and, and look up multiple cases where that's taken place. Uh, you know, people, people who are dead voting. <laughs> so it's, it, it, this isn't, this isn't me trying to discount any of your beliefs or any of your, your thoughts on, or, or facts on what's been going on now. I'm just pointing out the fact like, could you imagine that's how an election went and the candidate the candidate to win is the one that says it's it's just their truth like it because it's their truth you can't deny it yeah like that that would make no sense that would be like that listeners that would be like you telling me or me telling you i was elected because that's my truth because i wrote my name in but i'm elected because it's my truth yeah my truth is that everyone wrote me (laughs) and me is me could you imagine that if everybody wrote me at the bottom <laughs> just wrote me not not listeners not my name not vargo just just wrote me <laughs> that'd be so great then then you'd have to use the house and the senate <laughs> to figure it out the sad part and is you'd, you'd end up with this hodgepodge like can like cabinet of 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 people and nobody able to get along or, or agree on anything random assholes coming yeah. in every day it'd be awesome that'd be great <laughs> I mean, I've said for a long time, I feel like a come lot on, of listeners. These, that's funny. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these things should be solved with a uh, a duel. <laughs> like, well, it depends on what kind of duel you're talking about. What, what would you What would you do? Pistols. Pistols. Okay. Well, that, that's that's really definitive. But here's the thing: what do you do? What do you do with the winner? Do you convict him of murder or make him president? <laughs> yes. Or, whichever way he goes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, now they're unfit to be now they're unfit to be president because they committed a murder, huh? <laughs> I'm just how saying, do we get around this? <laughs> I think it would be. F- <laughs> I think oh, it would be man. funny if that's what they did. They they you know look it up somewhere buried fucking paintballs. No no no, <laughs> pistols. I just but you know somewhere buried in some rule somewhere, <laughs> they're all like oh you know if we come to a tie. Well, duels used to be legal long long time ago. I Aaron, know, I, Aaron Burr, I mean. Listeners, I just want to correct myself really quick. So I'm making sure I'm not giving you slightly false information. So at the time when Burr and Hamilton's duel took place, it was actually illegal in both New York and New Jersey. The difference was in New York, if you held a duel, you were given death as a penalty. Uh, that, that, was, that was a severe crime. But in New Jersey, the laws were more lax. So... Uh, just to clarify things. And also it was after Burr had already held office. So the the rest of this kind of stands still. And, and I was mostly just using examples. So I just wanted to clear that up. So I'm not giving you false information from our history. They should bring him back. They should bring him back. They should bring him back. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, a lot of people wouldn't talk shit if you could potentially. Yeah. That's literally what led to Aaron Burr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's literally what happened. No, I know the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you two guys, shit. two guys talking shit, and one of them, one of them, fin- one of them, one of them finally had enough. <laughs> so that's that's literally what it came down to. Um, 
that's not the only thing, listeners, but that's that was actually a big deal in it. It was a matter of honor for a lot of it. But anyways. Yeah. And then, you know, the winner going, gets to be the president. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just what we're going to do. Um, so um, <laughs> moving on, uh, I just I just thought it was really funny. The fact that like uh, NVIDIA had made the same post and they were like, oh, shit, like they were getting roasted immediately. And went, Oh, shit. Take it back. Take it back. Take it back. Yeah. And, and, then- and EVGA had posted it and they're like, nope, we're standing with it. We're just going to stand here standing tall because like, here's the thing. Like, I get that the fact that they were just trying to tell people, hey, if you buy this product, you're going to get this product in return as well. It's a nice kind of bonus. But at the same time. It's a and I think I've had the mic a little bit too close to me, so hopefully the the, the levels haven't been ludicrous. I apologize, listeners, if it has. But uh, at the same time, you have to sit there and go, well, you guys like I, you're promoting a product, but at the same time, you can't keep the product on the shelf. You can't even sell this product to the mess. And yet you're promoting it like one guy. One guy said, you know, made a great statement of what is the point of this? You can't even sell this. You can't get one anywhere. Why are you telling me about it? You'll be able to get one eventually. But here, but here's the thing. If you even if you ordered one today and they couldn't get it to you for a month, if you don't get the card by the time by the time the deal is up, you can't claim the deal. You have to talk to their customer service. You have to talk to customer service and be like, hey, I never I didn't get a code because my card didn't come in in time. Never mind the fact that I fucking paid for it. Right. Like that's the thing that people ran into with the watchdogs one. So like a lot of people. So listeners on day one, a lot of people bought their RTX cards, right? Not just, you know, not just the bots. Most of the bots got it. But the people who actually got the cards when they ordered them, they still had the watchdogs deal going on. But the cards didn't show up to their to their house or you know their apartment whatever their residence until long after that deal was over so when they went to go claim a code or try to get a code from the manufacturer manufacturers like we don't have any codes for you like that's what their website told them so they're sitting going so wait i i bought the card i got the card late because you guys couldn't meet couldn't meet demand couldn't get it shipped out fast enough and because bots were everywhere ruining sales ruining uh supplies so because of those things, I missed out on getting the free game that was promised to me for paying for a $700 card. That sounds like a shitty deal, right? Yeah. There are plenty of people who there are plenty of people who are smart enough to go and be like, I need to talk to customer service so I can get this code. Some people just gave up and they just didn't even bother. Like, well, I just I paid for a card. And I didn't get the game. But oh, well, at least I got the card. Like, That's shit. That's kind of a crap deal. And that's where that's where AMD has really got to make sure that they don't fall into the same crack because fuck man, if AMD does it, they will never hear the end of it. They will never hear the end of it from Nvidia fans, especially because Nvidia fans, there are tons of us, tons of us listeners who are looking to go to AMD because of what happened with RTX, because of what happened with Nvidia this past or this this generation. There are plenty of us who are going. You know what? Radeon might be the way to go. I will deal with shitty drivers because you can fix that shit. It's not like I haven't had shitty drivers from NVIDIA before. I've had shitty drivers that have that have caused my card to not even want to function. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Where uh, yeah, I had to it? go. I had to go back four generations of uh, of uh, uh, drivers. Yeah, to get it to work again. Your card decided to not just be. Yeah, uh, no, no, not doing yeah. it today. It 
it got like I can't remember which version it was, listeners, but it pissed me off to like unbelievable amounts. I upgraded to one driver and the card just went, nope, not going to work. Every time I went to a game, it shut down. Uh, the card would cause a uh, would essentially cause what would normally be perceived as a PSU error, which would mean the PSU would would uh, be drawing. It would be drawing too much power and the PSU would cause the computer to reset. I, that wasn't the case. Listeners, trust me, I had a, I had a <laughs> I had a fifteen hundred watt power supply at the time. It was very frustrating, and at the time, I had to go back four generations of, uh, and I say four generations because it went from being a a four hundred, you know, version four hundred something uh, driver to a two hundred sixty something driver. <laughs> Which, when I say four generations, that that's roughly based off of when when I got that driver the last time. That was about four, four, well, maybe three. It's probably three. I'm probably mistaken. It's probably three generations of of, of graphic cards uh, going back. So I'm not. I'm not saying like four generations of drivers. I'm saying four generations of graphics cards. So it's probably about three generations of graphic cards uh, when I think about it of when that driver came out. But still, I sat there, I was so pissed off. I'm like, I'm sitting here using the oldest fucking driver in the world to try and get this thing running again, and it did. I, I wiped out the old driver. I finally got it to load, and it loaded to that one, and it ran fine. Went up to uh, I think uh, the uh, two uh, two versions of drivers before that that latest one that crippled my system. And uh, it ran fine on that one. And I stayed there for roughly a year before I upgraded again. Because I got to, I, I can't remember what game released. I think it was the, uh, it was Call of Duty World War II at the time. Uh, the driver that I had, it, it ran, but it didn't run optimally uh, on my system. And the newer drivers apparently were running a lot better. So anyways, enough of my side tangent. That was a long, long talk about uh, graphics cards and, and all that stuff. I don't remember where I was going with the, uh, the last bit, but I'm pretty sure it was mostly that Twitter's bullshit and uh, people should stop using it. That's yeah, the, that's, that's, that's the vital. That's my truth. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> that's where I we love say that. It's just so stupid. It, yeah, especially because it just seems to inherently shut down any argument. Any yeah. and it works because anytime I hear that come out of somebody's mouth, I was like, well, oh, immediately you're stupid. So there's no convincing yeah. you immediately. If somebody says my it's my truth, I immediately just go, well, you're uneducated and you're ignorant. And you just don't want to you don't want to listen to fact. You don't want to listen to to logic. You're going to use your emotions and that's it. Yeah. And that's and there's no convincing you when you're so dug in on something. Yeah, that that's the response you come back with. I'm like, OK, there's no point anymore. Yeah. Um. Seriously, though, get, get rid of your Twitter accounts. Yes, if you still please. have them. Get rid of your Twitter accounts. Make friends. Listeners, make friends with people who have other beliefs than you, who have other political affiliations than you, and keep an open discussion. And when you have a discussion with someone, don't get hurt when the other person argues with you. Don't get hurt when they when they present a different argument to what you've told them uh, and information, because if somebody can refute, if somebody can refute your facts immediately with other facts and can, can broaden the discussion or show you things like, well, that's not necessarily the full truth because what you're showing, what you're talking about is just a section of it. And I have, I have this much more information than what you have. Keep yourself open to, to hearing that stuff out because all it's doing is trying to broaden your, your, horizons broaden your mind and, and get you to understand that the world isn't always what we think it is. 
and you can't just hear everything from an echo chamber. You have to hear everything from lots of different sides. You have to hear other people out. It made me sick when I heard Don, you know, Don Lemon say that he cut people out of his life because simply because they liked Trump. I sat there going, so you're not willing to actually just listen to people to just listen to your friends. And he says it's because they won't hear him out. Well, is it because they won't hear him out or is it because you don't want you, you don't want to hear them? Is that what's happening? Because that's what I've noticed from some even some of my own friends. People that I've known that I'd known for years, literally trying to explain to you what I've seen not wanting to hear me when I'd be willing to hear them out, stuff like that. So just be more open to hearing that discussion. We've talked about NVIDIA and AMD for the past, you know, almost hour. <laughs> and I'm an NVIDIA fan and I've talked about how great Radeon has been doing and how great AMD has been doing. I used to be an Intel fan just because they were the only ones providing for gamers. AMD's kicking butt. I'm really happy to see that because competition is great. Yeah, I'm, it's what makes us thrive. You know, I'm a I'm a big AMD fan, so I'm excited to see everything come back. I mean, I've had, you know, I think my last couple of cards were NVIDIA cards. Yeah, but I'm still an AMD fan. Yeah. So don't let your fan don't let your fanboyism get in the way of you enjoying life in general. Just everything. Don't let your hatred of something else prevent you from learning new things. So, anyways. Moving on to other stuff. What else do we have to cover other than the tech? Today, Saturday, November 7th. Okay. And seven day. They finally announced it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> Legendary edition. Yeah. Mass Effect trilogy comes with all the DLC. Yep. From my understanding, it's a total graphics overhaul. Uh, it's a remaster. I don't know if it's a complete graphics overhaul, but supposedly, uh, and this might be a bad thing. Supposedly it's using the new frostbite stuff. And if, uh, if that happens, like I listeners don't get me wrong. The frostbite engine can look really pretty. It is not friendly to work with. And it is the reason why you ended up with weird walking animations and strange things like, uh, guns being turned around towards the person firing them in Andromeda and it's the reason why we kind of have a cringe when it comes to that to be fair though that was pretty funny every time you'd pull, it was you'd pull a pistol funny. out and it was pointed directly back at your own face yeah, it was pointed towards you or in the cut scenes when somebody would pull one out and it was facing their their face I'm like you're just gonna kill yourself <laughs> how um, I felt playing that game yeah it was uh <laughs> and Andromeda like graphically Andromeda like it was actually a good looking game Oh, it was so pretty when um, it was working proper. When it was when it was working properly, it was actually a pretty game. And it was really where it fell fell flat was the facial animations, obviously, which they eventually did fix. I mean sort of. Sort of, I should say. Uh to the best of their ability, I think, at the time. Yeah, I feel like if they were to try and granted, what I'm gonna say is kind of insane given how much I've hated that game. Yeah. If they were to come back and redo it with what they can do with Frostbite now. Yeah, I'd give it another shot. That's fair. After seeing what they've been able to pull off with Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. This it's still one of the like handful of games that I never finished. Yeah. I mean, uh, the facial animations and the cutscenes that were built in uh, uh, Battlefront 2 were actually very impressive. Yeah. And uh, squadrons as well. Squadrons as well. Yeah. Um, 
So they've obviously gotten better with working with it, which is one reason why if they do it for the remaster of the trilogy, Mm -hmm. I'm not as worried as I would have been like if they announced this a year ago. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm still a little worried because even the best people working with it have said that it's a pain in the ass to work with. Yeah, it's along the lines of how developers used to describe trying to work with the uh, the Halo, the engine for Halo uh, back in the day, the Halo uh, one through four, as pretty as that engine kept getting and how awesome those games were. It was also dev- very, very yeah, hard to work with. The developers would talk about the fact that it was extremely hard to work with. I mean, I, and that's that that was one of the reasons listeners why they uh, the Halo Infinite was uh, there. They they went to a completely new engine to try and build that game. And that's partly why you're seeing uh, the graphical issues that people have complained about in the, the the demo that showed off, because a lot of that stuff was scrapped when they went over to the new engine so that they could rebuild it. You can tell me that part of it is because they're on a new engine. But watching that trailer tells me that it was still pretty half assed. I think it's uh, it's too much of a new team, to be honest. Too many too many new people. Not enough. Uh, not enough of the old blood. Yeah. Uh, and I have noticed that with a lot of games, when that happens, is not necessarily listeners that they're less that they're not good at their job. It's just that they're less talented because they haven't been around long enough to figure out the tricks of the industry to make things look just that much better. So when you see it come in, like uh, Miles and I have had multiple conversations when it comes to some animations and we see stuff and we're like, man, that's wonky. And he talks about the fact that even when he was going through getting his degree, that if he had turned in some of these, some of his projects with those wonky animations, he would have been freaking crucified for it because the people who were great, like his professors that were grading it were people who worked in the industry. They were people who knew these things and knew the ins and outs knew the little tricks of like, Oh, you could, uh, you could make this a thousand times better. So he would have been crucified for it in school, but we see it being used in current, you know, newer games. That's why one of the things is like, uh, if you notice in exclusives with the PlayStation, uh, even like even go to order uh, 1886, terrible game. But uh, Anderson, I'm sure if he was here, he just recently finished it. He would agree with me. Animations and techniques used to make it a believable environment, believable characters that these things exist are really well done gameplay. Not so much too much quick time events and everything like we could go into that. We could talk about for that for the next 30 minutes, but it's, it's evident that they're, that they have these uh, seasoned uh, team members working on certain things. And that's what you weren't getting. Uh, that's, that's really wasn't, wasn't coming across when I was watching three, four, three's presentation of halo infinite. It felt, uh, it felt like somebody had made this game with a small team at their home. Yeah. That they were making a knockoff of a Halo and not a Halo game. If you would have told me that this was one guy who used to work on Halo, four of his buddies, and they're doing it as an indie studio and they're doing a knockoff, I would have been really impressed. Yeah. But coming from Microsoft and 343, that demo looked Kind of like uh, they tried to do their homework two hours before class. Yeah. So getting back to uh, Mass Effect, the thing that we're worried about with Mass Effect is that since the old blood's gone, granted, listeners, all that code should be ready to go. Really, really, it just needs a new coat of paint. Yeah. Is essentially all it needs. And one thing that they haven't talked about, at least as of right now, what I'm hoping they'll do is they're redoing the first one 
to fix the gameplay to be more like two and three. Make the gameplay more like two and three because the graphical improvements that sorry, really quick, the graphical improvements that the PS3 version got because it was using the same engine as two. Yeah. Were great. Yeah. (laughs) But if they can bring the gameplay up to the speed of the rest of the trilogy. Yeah. That could easily be my favorite out of the out of the three. Yeah, I love Mass Effect one. The first the first one was easily my favorite one story wise gameplay. My favorite was probably three, but yeah, my favorite, my favorite overall uh, story wise, even gameplay is two. Mm. I, I didn't like some of the crewmates you got. Really? I loved two. fucking loved two. overall. I love two, but <laughs> see, so my favorite character is Rex. Yeah. So they got rid of him. I get that. And I like grunts is great. Yeah. But you know, you, you ditch half of the crew and then you bring in all these new people. And I, I didn't like like half of them. That's fair. At I, first. Well, you're getting like, it's almost like, uh, it's like going like if it's like, if you went from star Trek next generation and you went over to deep space nine. Yeah. And the only person that you like is Worf. <laughs> right. Because That's, because Worf is the only one that trans that ends up transferring over. And it takes it took a while for D Space Nine to do that. But still, it's one of those things like, well, I liked Worf in, in Next Generation and I like him in Deep Space Nine. But who the fuck are these other people? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong. But and if somebody doesn't know anything about Star Trek, the only thing they know is is Next Generation. And they go into that like, ah, like it's it's it can be disappointing. I get it. it it's. And they grew on me eventually. Like I grew to like everybody by three, but my first time playing through two, I was like, who the fuck are these people? Right. Why do I care? Yeah. The only reason I, I finally went and did a playthrough where everybody lives. Everybody. I usually let Jacob die. Okay. He's so boring. Yeah. uh, Jacob is the thing. I, the thing that was odd for me was Jacob. Like his, his dimensions are awkward. Like if you look at his, if you look at his character model, like, I don't know if that's based off a real person. God, I hope not. Yeah, but, I really uh, hope not, because they he's, have he's got a he's got a big head, broad fucking shoulders. Insanely. And then this weird, weird iron, like hourglass shaped body. And it's and funny because like I have really broad shoulders. Yeah. But at least the rest of me is it's like these broad ass shoulders on a toothpick frame. Yeah. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I already have a hard time fitting through doorways and stuff sometimes. Like, I can't imagine what his life would be. Like. Yeah. So like that, that was the thing that always distracted me from his character. Cause when I, when you get to know him in the, in two, like his character is actually pretty cool. Uh, he's got like a lot, he, he has a lot of history. The downside is that since his role is essentially being a uh, ranger, my character was usually already a ranger. Yeah. And I didn't need a ranger almost 90% of the time because so, so there wasn't this whole kind of buildup of having him on my crew. So rarely did I ever have to like, did I ever use him? I used him for like the first couple of missions, but that was about it. As soon as I got, you know, grunt and Jack or, you know, any, anyone else. Yeah. I, got- I immediately ditched him. I was like, all right, well, I, I don't need you anymore because I have Garrus back. You know, I'm like, I'm let's, let's do this. I've got everyone that I need that I normally would play with. And I don't need you. yeah it was the same for me anytime i got literally anyone else he'd get sidelined but i mean for me he was hard to like because he had like no personality until you do his loyalty mission and then you're just like oh all right i guess you're 
That's fair. Yeah. You're, you're, you're an all right guy that sucks. You know what you just had to go through and everything. Yeah. And then they start giving you bits and pieces of his personality. But That's before fair. that, he's just like, oh. yeah, it takes a while for him to open up. He's just like, oh, I'm just here to do a job. Yeah. Yeah. And I gotcha. that's always boring. Whereas, you know, in the first one, you got this really awesome crew of, you know, fun well, yeah, characters. Yeah. Yeah. Garrus, who uh, I'm saying that right. Right. Yeah. Garrus. Yeah. Um, uh, for some reason, like I keep wanting to call him Garrick. Um, but anyways, uh, Garrus, like when you first meet him, like he, you know, he's the security guy who's kind of the rogue and doesn't want to follow the rules, gets pissed off with how the Citadel does things. They're not getting their job done. And he wants to go and, and work with you because you're, you're a rogue too done. and you're getting shit done. And he feels like that's the best way to go. So it's, you know, he has, he has that personality yeah. about him and you're like, yeah, I like this guy. This guy's cool. Yeah, and um, that's that's what I'm saying. That is like in in the first one, they introduce all these characters and they have personalities that you really enjoy. Yeah. And then Jacob shows up with the personality of a boiled carrot. <laughs> and <laughs> and then you, like and then uh, the other one is Miranda. She's really hard to get to open up and takes her. It takes forever stalking her. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Like, I felt I felt like in that game I was having to wear down like. <laughs> I'm having to get your standards to get lower so that you'll end up with me. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the only <laughs> and then, reason that you'll I, be a friend. I kept her around was, you know, that ass. That's <laughs> the whole point. Like, cause she's another one that her personality is, Oh, I'm bitchy. Yeah. Like you, you go to, she's really stuck up to begin with. You go from characters that have, you know, all these dimensions and then you come into two and your first two companions are, could have been sat behind a desk and is only there because she's hot. <laughs> so I'm bitchy. And what do you want? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if they could do a gameplay overhaul for one and add in the elements that they in, like they brought in in two and three mm-hmm. I easily could be my favorite. I loved one. Oh, yeah. That game was massive, even without the DLC. Yeah. And we're getting all the DLC for free. And they said they're they're giving. No, no, not free. It's included in purchase. Oh, okay. <laughs> included in purchase. I get that shit from Miles all the fucking time. <laughs> all right. That's it's fair. included in purchase. I'm like, okay. I, right. I misspoke, but we're still getting all of the DLC yeah. and all the uh, the promotional items, some of which yeah. I never got because, you know, they were console exclusive. Like, um, what was it? The Dragon Age armor you can only get on PC. No, I had that on the uh, I had that on PS uh, PS3 as well. Yeah, but the first time it came out, yeah, wasn't it Xbox? No, I had it on, I had it on the PS3. No, oh. some of this shit I never got. Yeah, um, I'm looking. Well, forward- the PS3 version of Mass Effect Two, uh, when that came out, was uh, massively late for one, and included all the Mass Effect Two DLC. Yeah, so it included the Dragon Age armor. Um, the thing I'm looking forward to out of all of that is getting the N7 armory stuff because I missed out on that one and they never sold it separately. Yeah. To my knowledge. And uh, trying to get codes for it on eBay was like 40 bucks. And did they say in that trailer, which systems it's going to be on? I think they said the last time I looked, it said PC, uh, Xbox, PlayStation with uh, forward compatibility. So nothing on the switch, nothing on the switch. Bastards, which (laughs) kind of gives me hope that they're really beefing up all the visuals and everything because you don't look at yeah. it and be like well that won't if, be able to if, handle it if it looks like it used to look and it's not on the switch i'm gonna be pissed yeah 
because listeners, I like, I like my switch and I would like to have mass effect on my switch. I would still own it on my other consoles, but I would like to have mass effect on my switch because I would like to just be able to play mass effect anywhere. Yeah. I mean, if I get another job where I got to travel and that game is out, that'd be one I would take Bingo. with me in a yeah. heartbeat. I mean, we've talked about this several times on the podcast. You know, me, you and Miles have played through the the series probably seven or eight times a piece. Oh, easily. And that's, so some of the games, some some of the games individually more than others. But and I, yeah, and that's just I'm talking like straight one through yeah, three playthrough. Yeah. There's times where I'll go back and just play through three or yeah. just play through two. So yeah, I played through. I played through uh, the entire series on my PC several times. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. That was uh, easily the best thing I heard. Yeah, that's today. right. Uh, what's funny is this, I think they were supposed to announce like originally they were supposed to announce this a long time ago. And the idea was that the game was going to come out on in seven day. Um, But, you know, but obviously that didn't happen. Coronavirus uh, ruins coronavirus everything and all that stuff. But uh, the rumor originally was that it was that it was being worked on. It was definitely being worked on. There were lots of people who had it's being worked on. Trust us. Uh, EA's EA's been hearing the amount of complaints and the amount of people who have been saying, hey, I don't want to buy your games anymore. But if you come out with this trip, like like us listeners, I don't want to buy your games anymore. But if you come out with this trilogy, I will totally give you my money, which is funny because I feel like EA is they finally at some point gotten that uh, everybody hates them and their business practice. And they're finally like, all right, well, let's start throwing them a bone every once in a while. Yeah, let's, let's try make and make good, money from people who who aren't going to give us money. Yeah, let's try and put out a quality Star Wars product. Let's put yeah. out games that people have been begging us for for years. So speaking of EA, listeners right now, EA has been going through a lot of legal battles. Uh, <laughs> and one of those is the uh, uh, I can't remember. Uh, was it the it was the Dutch? Yeah, they are uh, suing over suing loot boxes, loot box over loot boxes. And they are. Uh, EA has to pay out $10 million in fines and EA is fighting it. This is also something that makes me think that maybe EA isn't doing it out of goodwill. They're doing it because, Hey, we're losing money over here. If we do this, we can gain gain money money back over here. So it'll balance out somewhere. Um, The other thing is they are required to pay a hundred thousand dollars a week for every week that they don't remove loot boxes from FIFA because it's in violation of new gambling laws that have come up over in Europe. And uh, I can't remember which one or which one's doing that one. They're being sued because of uh, loot boxes. So listeners EA is basically, they're spending a lot of money on a lot of lawyers and uh, a lot of time in courts. And if they lose, they will also incur the court fees and everything else like that uh, on top of what they're paying their lawyers. So, EA is kind of bleeding money when it comes to loot boxes. And I am hoping that they're getting the clue of this is a bad practice. We should have stopped this a long time ago before it got to this point. Never know. They probably won't. They probably won't realize it and they'll fight it as much as they as much as they want because they make billions of dollars a year on it. And right now they're only losing millions. So as long as it doesn't equate to the four nearly four billion dollars that they made last year from loot boxes and microtransactions alone, then they will continue to try and force uh, that into games. And it, uh, it can easily be solved. Listeners, it can easily be solved. Instead of, uh, you know, making your games E for everyone, 
you make the regular gamey for everyone and make that available to anyone who, who who's, has kids and then make the uh, portions of the game that have loot boxes like foot downloadable content and enforce that with saying by downloading this you are you are 18 plus or older depending on what your gambling laws are and then you say well now it's only now now this portion the only this portion of the game is mature only this portion is for mature audiences We've now sidestepped it and shown that the only people who can participate in this are adults, not kids. That's that's been the biggest. That's literally, listeners. That's literally been their biggest hindrance in this is the fact that these gambling laws prevent them from being able to use these mechanics with children. And if they stopped using it with children, suddenly it gets fixed. And what I just proposed fixes that because by saying that it is blocked off to kids, and in order to get this access to this you have to be an adult suddenly it's now only available to adults and if a kid suddenly gets their hands on it well that's now in the parent's hand because that's the equivalent of a child getting a hold of a you know bottle of beer you know alcohol drugs anything like that that's now in their own hands that's now in the parent their their parents hands the the responsible adults hands no longer the responsibility of the gaming company because or the company that that sells these products because they can't control what happens once that product gets into their home hey fixed no longer an issue yeah if your kid hops on your account and happens to spend you know three grand on micro god damn it i just yeah see that's that's why i had to push it away (laughs) um it's not the company's fault yeah and I'm not trying to justify, you know, loot boxes and anything, but it's not the company's fault if you're going to spend. Yeah, I'm not saying loot it. boxes aren't a, aren't a shitty. You know, we're not saying loot boxes aren't shitty. We're not saying that loot boxes shouldn't shouldn't be allowed in games. I we, fucking, we think it's we think it's a it's a crummy practice. But, I hate them and I want them to go away. But if you're looking at it from a legal standpoint, listeners, then you have to look at it from the standpoint of how can they sidestep it? Yeah, well, they can sidestep it this way. It's the exact same thing as if, you know, your kid were to break into your room and smoke all your cigarettes in one day. It's yeah. not the cigarette company's fault. Yeah. Kids aren't allowed to drive. Do car companies sell dry- cars to kids? No. Can a kid get a hold of their parents' car keys and drive the car out of the out of the, uh, the garage? Yes. Is it the car company's fault? No. Simple. Seems pretty fucking simple when it comes to these video games and loot boxes. So you make mechanics that use loot boxes only available to adults and instantly put that in there as as adult. This is adult content. This can only be owned by adults. By downloading this, you are agreeing to the terms that you are an adult and that you are of age to use this. Suddenly your game goes from go is, is continues to be E for everyone when they buy it in the storefront and they buy the base game. When they when they download the additional content that turns it into an adult only title, it's now adults only. Anyways, uh, that was what was going on with EA lately. Uh, the other thing that we wanted to bring up since we brought up Halo is that Halo lost their most re- or their one of their <laughs> another, I should say. Halo lost another game directors and that is not good. Um, I don't know what's going on with uh, Halo Infinite. They are in development hell. I really do hope that they are going to continue working and make a great product. I am a big fan of the Halo series. I don't care what people say about Halo 4. I think Halo 4 is a fucking masterpiece. Halo 4 was my favorite, uh, except for Reach. Yeah, lots of people. Reach is great. Yeah, Reach is just good. Yeah, <laughs> Reach is my favorite, but 4 is probably yeah. my favorite right uh, behind it. 
four is phenomenal. I, I don't know why people bagged on it so much. I think four is fantastic. Five was hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> that is the worst in the Halo series by far. Uh, even worse than Spartan. Uh, was it uh, Spartan Assault? Is that it? Oh, uh, the, the, uh, the little two stick shooter. Yeah, the top down one. Was yeah, terrible. I never played that one. Uh, it, I heard it was bad. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Halo 5 was worse than that. Um, but when it comes when it came to Halo Infinite, I had uh, I, I don't have big expectations. I wanted I want to put that down as like I was quelled, but I was really excited to see what they were going to do after the amount of changes they were making, the, the amount of criticism that they accepted over what took place with Halo 5. I was hoping that Halo 5 or Halo Infinite was going to be on the right track. And the thing that a lot of people are one worried about is the fact that Halo 5 concentrated on the wrong things like being open world. Uh, a lot of stuff that seems very open to uh, games as a service model uh, stuff. This, this created a lot of concerns for a lot of people. And I'm hoping that with the amount of changes they have, the delay that they've had to make, I mean, they literally had to make a delay listeners and it had originally it was sparked because of what the discussion that took place with with the gaming community and all of us sitting there going graphically this looks off something's not right this doesn't look like it's going to be very good uh and you know the gift that is craig <laughs> like all all of that stuff forced them to say hey you know what we're they're right this isn't really looking like a finished product we need to have a delay and when they delayed they delayed massively they said this wouldn't be out to anything earlier than, you know, I think they said fall of 2021. That's a that's a year delay. And this was supposed to be a launch title. So think about that. A year delay and it was supposed to be a launch title. That means that what they were going to give us was not a was not going to be a finished product. Because on top of that, you had the game director leave. You've had tons of people leave in, in the midst of all of its development. And with this, it's not looking good. It's looking like the game's kind of in development hell and they don't really have a clear direction as to what they were doing and where they were going. Microsoft, you can hire us. No joke. You can hire the the geek out heroes. We will give you consulting on story. We will give you consulting on how the game should play, games should feel. We would love, love to have that conversation with you guys. And I promise you, we will be professional. I will not be the dick that I normally am with a lot of other people where I just flat out tell them what I think I will be the professional part of me. That is completely different when I'm talking in, when I'm talking in a job environment. Yeah. In spite of how I sound here, I actually can be professional. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things of like listeners, what you're hearing from us is our candid conversations of how we speak with each other and how we speak with our friends. When I'm in an environment, a professional environment, most of the time, unless I am with people who I work with, who I uh, trust implicitly, uh, I will be blatant with them. But if I'm talking to a client or anything like that, I am very, very differently uh, different. I am very differently. That was terrible. Fucking sentence. Seriously. At least I can catch myself. I'm not like a, you know, Biden just gave, da, 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 da. Yeah. just move on. I seriously, I'm looking forward to that presidential speech. Like listeners, I know I keep bringing this up, but I'm looking forward to that presidential speech. Just a one hour of nonsense. I'm, it's going to uh, be amazing. I'm looking forward <laughs> to waking up in the hospital a week after. <laughs> um, oh because of the drinking game because of the drinking yeah. game. <laughs> listeners we have a drinking game by the way that is going to be involving the presidency and it does not matter who get who gets president of this or who, i was just who becomes say, president at this point it is we're going to play the same way whether it's whether it's trump 
or it's Biden. And it's it's whenever Biden makes a gaffe or says something, says something completely insane or not. Yeah. The non stutter stutters. um, Take a drink. When it's Trump, when he says anything bombastic, grandiose. Oh, I would be drunk within the first. That's five that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. Like, it, it, if if you're not drunk and it, with whoever becomes president, if you're not drunk within ten minutes, we failed. <laughs> because I'm fully expecting that. I'm fully expecting. Like, I'm hoping that Biden opens up with, "I am very pleased to be to be voted in as your senator." Because he's done that like eight times now. Just come on, listeners. It's funny. At this point, you've got to laugh. You have to laugh. It's the lunacy of of what's what happens in our country. You have to you have to find the humor. You gotta you gotta laugh. We gotta we gotta find the humor again. And we gotta laugh with one another. That's literally what's gonna that that right there, listeners, that will heal our country is learning to laugh with each other at the just lunacy. That is around us. We have to laugh. So anyways, moving on with, uh, you know, with Halo, I, I really do hope that they make a finished product. I hope that they end up getting to work on it more and that the developers uh, get the time they need with it. And Microsoft, if you ever if you want to talk to us, if you want to if you want to reach out to us, we would love to hear from you. Reach out to us through Facebook if you ever hear this. I would love we, we would love to sit there and talk to you guys about how Halo, how the next Halo should evolve. I have had a I've had story ideas for Halo ever since Halo four on where that story could go. And it would last you at least four more games. I mean, we talked about my idea for an ODST style game set during the insurrection. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to play a squad based Rainbow Six style ODST game where all you're doing is going and taking out insurrectionists and maybe finding out that the UNSC aren't the good guys. guys. I'd love to do that. They always they touched on it in the books and then bam, aliens. And I was like, ah, oh, but that could have been so cool. Yeah, the whole thing with the books was uh, it was kind of designed around the fact like, oh, well, the UNSC and the insurrectionists came together because of what aliens. because of aliens. And I'm like, I yeah, that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, granted that would happen, but the UNSC did a lot of bad things. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of really, really, so really horrible things. Listeners, think Serenity, think Firefly. Like it's kind of like that. And they, in a couple cases, they made that look good. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, we would love to talk about it. I would love to. We would love to share our ideas on where Halo could go and the things that we could do with this with that universe. It's. Uh, you know, so here's another thing, listeners. Microsoft needs to stop focusing on trying to make Halo into anything other than a video game, anything other than uh, a video game, because they keep looking at things like side projects like, oh, we're going to try and do a show. Oh, we're going to try and do a movie. Microsoft, you're wasting your time with Hollywood. You literally are. The the universe you've created and the uh, medium that you have before you to create and go beyond what just was a FPS to begin with is tremendous. You have so many routes you could go with it and so many different directions you could go with it. Just using video games. You don't need to worry about uh, making films. I know Sony's making movies because they're making Uncharted. We'll see if that's successful. I have 
massively low expectations for that. And I have I, right now. I don't even plan on seeing it. In fact, the moment they named they named Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, I went, eh, I'm good. Tom Holland, really? Spider-Man as Nathan Drake. Don't get me wrong. Let's just, he's a good actor. And I actually like him in the role of Peter Parker. I think he's a good actor. He's funny. I've seen him in interviews. He seems very entertaining, very sarcastic. That's great. I don't see him as Nathan Drake at all mm. in any format. I don't see him as Nathan Drake. The person I did see as Nathan Drake was a man by the name of Nathan Fillion who looked very, very similar and should have been Nathan Drake back in the day when they were originally looking at making a film, but the film that they were looking at making sounded terrible. That gets me back to what I was talking about. Microsoft, don't don't worry about what Sony's doing when they're making movies on it because they have yet to prove that, that a movie from a video game will be successful. We recently, speaking of movies from video games, we recently saw a thing that was going to be Monster Hunter being turned into a video game. Oh my and God. the last time I checked, <laughs> listeners, Monster Hunter didn't have Humvees. Okay. We're going to make this quick because I got to get out of here. But um, yeah, I can finish up the podcast. Well, how much do we have left? Guess- Not a whole lot. I have to I, I have to review uh, two movies. Oh, all right. Well, I'll get out of here after this then. That's fine. Uh, mostly because I didn't watch the movies that you're yeah that's fine um but anyways <laughs> so i was i was watching the previews and i I've, I've talked about this before in the cast i'm a big fan of the monster hunter franchise i've played a bunch of them yeah. I, i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that i played all of them but i've i've played a few as soon as i saw that mila jovovich was supposed to be in this movie that immediately brought my expectations up from here down to about here oh dude i had, which i had no <laughs> expectations when they said they were making it into a movie, I went, okay. Which, <laughs> it's not not to be mean listeners, but Monster Hunter does not have a, a, st- a story. Monster Hunter has a semi-story. It has events that take place, but it, the story is not really there. It's not depth. It doesn't have in-depth, uh, you know, characters. Fun, it's just, it's something to do. The fun of the game is uh, essentially going out and stabbing Godzilla in the balls with a group of your buddies. Yeah, that's... That's all that that's really all it has for it. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And I'm not going to criticize you listeners if you like it. I'm just saying there's not much of a story to build a a movie off of, which is probably why they went with it, because the moment you start out and you have Mila Jovovich in a Humvee. Rolling around the desert, rolling around the desert. um, And some mystical force brings them into the world of Monster Hunter. Yeah. And, uh. Dude, dude, this I got to show you, like, this is me when that happened. I went. okay, like listeners, it was the the I don't believe what I'm hearing and saying seeing at the same time. And it's when you kind of slowly shake your head and your eyes just go shut. And then you you open them like really wide of like what? (laughs) Yeah. And then the the first monster that attacks them, it's they're still in the Humvee. They all have guns. Yeah, the Diablo. Diablos. Yeah. Um, I granted, I'm not an expert on fictional dragon type creatures, but I'm still pretty sure that 50 cal would be able to punch through whatever armor it has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The moment <laughs> it showed up and I went, well, they're better off than I was in that fucking game. <laughs> yeah, they had guns. <laughs> the, the, they, 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 had a 50, they had a 50 cal 40 millimeter grenade. 40 launch. Cal, yeah, 40 <laughs> millimeter grenade launchers. Uh, I think one of them didn't one of the Humvees have a. Uh, a uh, minigun minigun. I don't think so. I thought one of them had a minigun on it because if it didn't, I like, I I, I completely take this back, but 
I could have sworn I saw one on there and all I could think of was, well, there that thing's fucked. Yeah. It's going to tear that thing in half. <laughs> I, I just remember watching the trailer and they're like, oh, we need to make weapons out of its bones and whatever. And I'm like, no, you don't. You have fucking guns. Yeah. If my brain turns on during the trailer, this is not going to be a good movie. <laughs> it, yeah. It looked, listeners, it looked so bat shit don't get me wrong the the dragons looked great they did they they looked yeah. very game accurate look, which yeah. is a thing that you don't get from a lot of video game movies they'll Absolutely. try and change up the designs yeah. these look like they were copied and pasted straight out of the game files yeah, they they looked fantastic but the movie itself that's questionable and if you're excited for it listeners we don't care <laughs> that's cool we're glad yeah, you can be we're excited glad for you, it. you can be excited for it we're just sitting there going we don't know how you made a movie off of no story <laughs> <laughs> and and out of the little story you had where you got, hey, we went through a mystical portal lightning thing somehow in the desert and ended up with Humvees in Monster Hunter. I literally sat there going, all I could think of when that happened was, so you guys have so little story, you couldn't pick one character from the entirety of that franchise to base a story off of? To just make the movie off of? You had to bring in Mila Jovovich to bring into a game universe that is pretty diverse for characters wise especially the newer ones yeah and you could have you could have focused on so many other people even especially even in in monster hunter world yeah which has more story i think than any of the monster hunters in it uh having played the ones that i have i can confirm that a lot of the other ones they drop you off and they're like here pick your weapon go kill things yeah so why why not use a character that's already made Instead of bringing in this hodgepodge of, okay, we were, we started out making a, uh, a resident evil evil sequel and then asked Capcom for the, for the rights to monster hunter. Now (laughs) I will, however, say this, if they wanted to do a resident evil monster hunter crossover movie, I would be very excited to watch that because it would be a fucking train wreck. All I can think of is nemesis Diablos. I just peed a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It doesn't look very good, but I will say uh, I look forward to riffing it with you guys. So, oh, yeah, we could do that with the trailer. Yeah. So making our own comments, that'll be a lot of fun. I mean, this will be one that we'll we'll have to get miles in on. Yeah. Because like I know the two of us would do a good job with it, but. The three of us are going to tear that movie to shreds. Oh, yeah. Speaking of riffs, listeners, if you have not listened to or watching with or watching uh, movies with the Geek Out Heroes, you should definitely go and download those, uh, add them as permanent, you know, downloads so you can watch the movies with us anytime you want. It's a good time. I enjoyed them and I was in them. <laughs> that doesn't mean a whole lot because, I mean, that's like, you know, going to your own movie. Yeah. If you're an actor and being like, I thought I did a good job. <laughs> I don't like like, how much of an asshole do I sound like when I say that? Well, I was going to say, I don't listen to the podcast because I hate the sound of my own voice. That's fair. Um, So I don't listen to them, but I've gone back and re-listened to our, uh, our riff tracks that I've been on. Yeah. Yeah, We're, we're entertaining. Yeah. We have fun. (laughs) I feel like we have a good time. Anderson said he laughed at my, he laughed. He said he almost smashed his thumbs. He wasn't, he wasn't even watching the movie (laughs) (laughs) and he was listening to us. 
So Which uh, I, I got to say, trying to listen to that without the movie. It was so funny when he came back. He's like, you guys have too much dead space in that. And I immediately went, you're supposed to be watching a movie while you listen to it. Like, you dumbass. Well, that's what I was going to say. There's <laughs> there's dead space because there was points where we were just like, watching the movie. Like he, you, I could tell in the text that he immediately regretted saying it that way. Yeah. But it's just what it was just funny. I was like. I was like, you're supposed to watch. You're supposed to watch these with the movie listeners. Let that's how, that, how that's how they work. If you're listening to the podcast and you're just listening to us, our commentary while we watch the movie, you're doing it wrong. That's why we have the count off. So we do the count off so that you can watch the movie with us. Anyways, Josiah, you have to leave. Yeah. I am going to move on to uh, reviews for two movies. Actually, listeners, I just lied to you because what I'm going to do is I'm inserting this into the podcast, which is me telling you that I got something wrong, which is not unusual, (laughs) but I need to correct it because it's something that I told you guys implicitly that I was going to be right about this and I'm absolutely wrong. What I'm referring to is the Destiny 2 download size. So what Bungie has done is with the new Destiny download for Beyond Light is you download the 60 something gigs and that increases the size of the game literally to over 160 gigs. It's a big download. It's like Call of Duty, but it doesn't stay that way. So what Bungie opted to do was they actually did decide to take out locations. And when I say take out locations, that means archiving them. So what they did was they are removing all the content essentially from Destiny 2. It's kind of like if you had bought Destiny 3 at this point. So they removed all that content. Now there's going to be an entirely new intro for if you are a brand new player. And if you are a current player and you want to experience what that new intro is like, you can still be able to do that. They will allow it. You'll be able to just go into a uh, specific area, kind of like the, uh, I think it was the Ikora areas before where you experienced old missions and old story. So it's going to be working kind of similar like that. But the download itself is it's going to install the entire game and you're going to actually install the game, which is when you activate the game, it'll install the game. It'll archive all the old locations. So they're going to remove that. And when I say archive, that means it's going to be living on the server so that when they activate those locations again later, you're going to have to download them again. It's not the most efficient way. And the reason why I say it's not the most efficient way is because the way that older games used to do this is if you ever had stuff like this, you would actually just have it in the background, it would, it would always be there. It would just be compressed and just uncompressed later to be used with newer content. That's a more efficient way to do it because it requires less downloading. This one is more efficient in the sense that it's going to create a smaller size file to work with on your system. And that's gonna save a lot of you PS5 owners some space, especially since we found out the PS5's hard drive space on the unit itself is a lot lower than we thought it would be because of the amount of information that's being taken up by the OS and reserved for other things. So that's a plus, but it's also a minus. I was wrong. I said it implicitly over and over again that they weren't going to do it this way because it didn't make any sense. And it doesn't make any sense from a standpoint of when you're thinking of it from a PC side of things, which is where I was coming from, but I'm still wrong. doesn't matter. I was wrong. And this is the way that they're doing it now. And hopefully you guys can download it pretty easily. I did a pre-install. Steve and I did that and it was allowed to be uh, installed afterwards. But the other thing that Steve and I had uh, experienced was actually, and this is kind of crazy because what we were able to play was this 
last event that they had in Destiny 2. And it's the last event for the recent season that's going into Beyond Light. And if you missed it and you were in the tower at the time, it's because you didn't go to the special little mission that they had set aside called The Last City. And Steve and I almost completely missed this. We got it when it was like about three or four minutes before the servers were about to shut down. And the downside is, is that while we were trying to get into the game earlier, they were having massive server problems. So we were constantly being disconnected. We still were having connection issues every now and then we'd come up and say, attention, trying to contact Destiny servers. We go into this event. We are hauling ass across the entire area to get to this one door so that we can activate or get into the area necessary in order to activate the final cutscene. Actually, we got there just in time for the cutscene to start rolling. And as the cutscene was getting was getting ready to roll on my system and Steve's, I think Steve's was probably still loading it, but mine had started to load it. The destinations map came up and suddenly disconnected from from Destiny servers, and we couldn't get back in. And uh, and pretty soon after that, the servers had shut down, and it was well. Now you have to wait 14 hours before you can actually play the game. So what happened, listeners? The traveler healed itself. That's it. It wasn't super special. If you want to go on YouTube, it's there. But Destiny really did fuck up this whole event because they did not really give a good indication of where you were to go to find the special event. Granted, you could have seen it if you had paid attention to the map. If you're tired like Steve and I were, we did not see it at all. We didn't even pay attention. We thought it was going to be just like the last public event where you just had to be in the tower and you would experience it because the traveler's right there in front of you. And that would make sense because that's what happened last time. And we kept waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing happened. And finally, Steve decided, I'm going to look this up and find out if there's anything else we have to do because it keeps talking or the thing that popped up was talking about going and investigating something. And we never saw anything to investigate. We ran around the tower, nothing. And to us, the tower is the last city. But no, it was actually a location we had to go to. The downside is there's actually tons of veteran players that missed this because one, they couldn't get in through the servers because the server queue was insane and the amount of problems they were having with the servers was nuts. Does not bode well for the the DLC that actually hits tomorrow. And uh, we'll see how that goes. I'll be talking about that this coming weekend. That said... A lot of streamers, stuff like that, missed the event because they had the same problem. They didn't see it. They didn't see where they were supposed to go, so they missed it. It's a big bummer. Wish they had seen it. And the upside is you can go on YouTube and see it. The downside is is that because if you didn't go directly into that mission, you didn't get the emblem. And Steve and I got the emblem because it shows up the moment you go into the mission, which is nice. I can thank you, Bungie, for allowing that at least. Because if you missed the entire thing and you, you barely got in there... Well, it showed up at least. But if you miss the whole thing, you miss it entirely. Hopefully, Bungie has something cool for an intro for the DLC that would explain it to people who missed it, because I guarantee you there is a shit ton of players that missed it, (laughs) especially if you look at their Twitter feed, because their Twitter feed is just filled with people who are pissed off with what was happening. And a lot of people just giving up and saying, fuck this, I'm out. I'll I'll play tomorrow and we'll see what happens. So anyways. That's just my update on Destiny, just letting you guys know that I was wrong about what my expectations were on how they were going to handle the files, and uh, that the public event, the the newest uh, public event that was supposed to be witnessed, kind of was a, a debacle. But we'll talk about the Beyond Light DLC after we play it, and hopefully it'll be a good time. I'm expecting new locations, tons of stuff, new story, good times. Anyways, moving on to reviews. Here's what I thought about the two movies that I went and saw. I'll start out with the bad one. And uh, I went and saw The Empty Man. And if you want to save yourself 
I think it's two hours and like 20 minutes. It is way too long. One way too long for what it was way too long for a horror movie that goes nowhere and that you can figure out within the first 20, 30 minutes what's going on. It's terrible. That movie is fucking awful. One, uh, it has very inconsistent rules for how the empty man premonitions work and when they show up. They establish in the movie that at the very beginning that some guy stumbles across a funky looking skeleton and he goes into like a catatonic state. And for some reason, the group that's with him starts kind of hallucinating. Actually, only one person starts hallucinating and seeing a figure in the snow and it takes place over three days and it ends. I'm going to spoil it for you. It it ends with uh, everyone dying except for the guy who was the first person to see the skeleton. Okay, and then from there, you have nothing that that correlates with that until almost the like almost the end. But the rest of the story, it comes across as, oh, well, in order to encounter the empty man, you have to find a bottle on a bridge and you blow into into the bottle and and make the, the little empty bottle sound with your breath and that whistle sound brings the empty man and it has to be on a bridge at night is what they said. And you have to focus on the empty man in order for him to show up. Well, later the, that, that logic is completely blown out the window when the main character of the story shows up, grabs a bottle in the middle of the daytime on the bridge and does the same sound. And eventually he starts seeing the empty man and starts hallucinating for it too. It's, it's just completely like if you can't create a set of rules for your horror movie, it is fucking pointless to even bring them up. If you're not going to have a set of rules that state this is how this works, then the supernatural element is immediately gone for that evil being. That means all supernatural, like all, all supernatural occurrences are just nonsense and you immediately lose any fright factor when it comes to that character whatsoever. So no threat anymore. It's just stupid. Beyond that, you figure out what's actually going on really early on, and you're just waiting for the dumbass reveal to happen. And the reveal is so lame and so drawn out. It takes so long to get there. You're just, listeners, I'm not joking when I say I was the only person in the theater, COVID, but within the first 10 minutes, I was already riffing on the movie. That's how bad it was. It wasn't because my brain had turned on. It was just that bad. Uh, There was a character that uh, immediately he... He falls to the crack. This is the guy that finds the skeleton at the beginning. He falls to this crack in, in the area that they're hiking in. And as soon as he fell, I immediately went fucking Ubisoft. <laughs> so the rest of the movie that that set the tone for the rest of the film. And I was just riffing on it openly since there was nobody else in the theater. I just was op- openly riffing on it the entire time and just talking about like, man, this movie is garbage. So it's not where it's not worth your time. Don't spend money on a ticket. Don't even rent it when it comes out. Just wait for it to go free VOD. Maybe watch it then and watch it with a group of people so you can make fun of it because the story is trash. If you're watching it in all seriousness to try and enjoy the movie, you're going to be just just as disappointed as the people who went and saw Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage back in the day. And that movie was shit too. Next review. I also went and saw Come Play. Yeah, I was a horror. Uh, I was kind of in in a state of wanting to see horror movies. Should have gone to see Tenet instead of The Empty Man, but you know, Lesson learned. I saw Come Play, though, and that was the first one I saw. That was actually fun and entertaining. That was a good monster flick. It's not super scary. It's PG-13. 
it is what it is for PG-13. But it's very creative and it's a fun creature to deal with. And I wish there there's some stuff they could have done more with. And given the fact that the creature doesn't, I'll give the spoiler word, creature doesn't kill anybody. It hurts some people, but that's about it. But it is a cool creature. It is a very neat idea about a monster that is essentially stalking a child to become their friend and take them. You know, it's not really unique, but it is a fun story. It is cool to see some of the special effects they put in there. And the creature itself, the creature design, while I wouldn't say it's specifically uh, inventive, it is a lot of fun. It is cool and the invisibility parts to it made for some cool tension. So if you are looking for something that is a good time and fun to watch, that's one to go with. And I don't know if I'd pay the full prices to see in theaters. I mean, as much as I want to see more and more movies come out in theaters, this isn't really one of them where I would say you have to see it in theaters. Easily could have been put on VOD. In fact, I think the movie would have done better had it come straight to digital. I think a lot more people would actually want to watch it. But it is what it is, right? That's that's just the way things are right now, and hopefully things will change in the next couple of months. But yeah, I highly recommend that it when it comes to digital, give it a rent, uh, give it a watch, maybe even buy it. I plan on probably buying it just because it was fun and I enjoyed watching it. Maybe someday we'll get to do a uh, watching movies with the Geek Out Heroes on it, and you guys will have a good time with that. It's easily something we can comment on and make jokes about, but it is also, like I said, entertaining and fun to watch. So... That's all I've got for you today. Listeners, thank you for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Please go on Facebook, like us on Facebook. Tell your friends about us. It's pretty much the only way we get around and we hope you're staying sane out there. The world's kind of crazy right now, but stick with us. It'll be fine. This is Vargo. Keep on geeking on and we're out. Yeah.